This happens on this feast today, what we're celebrating, the presentation of the Lord in the temple. It is always on February the 2nd, and today, as it lands on a Sunday, it's the celebration that we celebrate. This used to be the end date of an extended season of Christmas. So you should definitely have your Christmas trees down by now. This is also a day that historically there has been a custom throughout the the Christian church to bless candles on this day. This custom comes from the words sung and proclaimed by Simeon the prophet in the temple who says that Christ is a light of the nations. You may be familiar with this particular story mostly from praying the rosary. It is one of the five joyful mysteries of the rosary, the fourth joyful mystery that comes after the birth of Jesus and precedes the finding of the child Jesus at 12 years old in the temple. So let's reflect upon this feast day today. I want to talk about obedience in this story, light, and Mary. We'll reflect upon all of these so that we might receive more from this special feast day in our own hearts. First, obedience. The story depicts Joseph and Mary coming out of obedience to their Jewish heritage to the temple to fulfill the law that is prescribed for them. They must do two things. First, they come to purify themselves. After giving birth, one who was with child is ritually unclean for several weeks. And then it is prescribed that she would come and offer an offering of either two turtle doves or especially a lamb that would be offered for a purification. Those that lived near Jerusalem would go directly to Jerusalem because this is the greatest place of worship the the temple in Jerusalem. It was believed also that those who lived with her would also be impure. Joseph is also in need of this purification as he comes forward in order to reestablish a ritual purity. They are seeking to fulfill that. It's worth noting that they sacrificed two turtle doves, which is the option of the poor speak something to the humility and the poverty of the Holy Family. Now, additionally, they were fulfilling another precept of the law. That is the offering of their firstborn son. If you recall from the story of Exodus that God's people were saved by the last plague in which the angel of death flew over Egypt and claimed the firstborn sons of the Egyptians, but did not claim the firstborn sons of the Hebrews. They were delivered. And as a remembrance of this saving power of God, God instructed Moses that each first child of a family would then be offered to God and that there would be a substitute offering instead. And so Mary and Joseph are fulfilling this as well, that Jesus is their firstborn son. Notice 
that although they are fully aware that Jesus is the Messiah, great things have been said of Him by shepherds, by wise men, by John the Baptist in the womb, by Elizabeth, by the Holy Spirit. They know they've got a special child. And yet, they're coming in humble obedience to fulfill the teaching of the law that is their heritage. Now, they are not the only ones that are obedient in this story. Also, Simeon and Anna portray a new obedience that is dawning. That is, to the Holy Spirit. The Scripture describes Simeon coming into the temple in the Holy Spirit. You can imagine that he is overfilled, brimming with the gifts of the Holy Spirit in anticipation of what is about to occur. And he knows by a holy premonition of the Spirit that he will not die, he will not see death until he sees the Messiah. And so he is impelled and is obedient to that same Holy Spirit to anticipate the coming of Jesus in their lives. Now, this for us, this holy obedience of Mary, of Joseph, of Simeon, and Anna, they also are an inspiration for us, those who are disciples of Jesus. Obedience means rapt listening or to listen with intensity. It means a considerate care to be able to listen for the direction of the Lord in my life and to be able to do even what may be necessary or sacrificial in order to be able to welcome Him into my life. And so this obedience also teaches us as we celebrate this feast day of the presentation of the Lord. You may think for yourself right now, what is it in your life that the Lord is trying to tell you? Are you listening to it? Is there something that is difficult ahead of you, but you know it is right and it must be done? What is your level of obedience and readiness to say yes to what that is? Is the Lord desiring to come to you and are there obstacles in the way or are there open doors for Him to come? The Lord wants to invite you to the obedience of Mary, of Joseph, Simeon, and Anna. This brings something to your life. You know, Anna is 84 years old. That is a, a, a deliberate sharing. Most people don't want their age known. Anna said, okay, because it's 7 times 12. 12 is the number of tribes of Israel. 7 is the number of perfection. She knows that in this holy day of receiving Jesus, that the entire world and beyond will be perfectly changed. This is what God wants to do. If you are obedient to the movement of the Spirit, in you. Secondly, let's talk about light. As I mentioned, the main feature of light here would have been Simeon proclaiming, now you may let your servant go in peace. 
The, the Messiah has been revealed and He is a light to the nations. Notice that this is a light not just to Jewish people, but a light to all peoples that they are to be able to see now. As is custom, this would have been historically like Black Friday for candle makers, right? So this was the day in which all candles in the church would have been blessed. To think that they would stockpile all of those candles that they were going to use for the coming year. The candles of the altar. The votive candles that people would light in churches as devotion. Candles that we see here. And people would also bring their candles from home. Why do we as Catholics use candles? Pragmatically, probably because there used to be no electricity, right? But spiritually, because Jesus is the light. We carry candles to be able to remember that Jesus is the light of the nations. So if this room was pitch dark, you would not be able to put out the light that is caused by that candle. Jesus is a light, and the darkness shall not overcome it. And so every time we see a candle in a church, it is a reminder of Jesus the Lord. We have a special candle also next to the tabernacle, which indicates that the Lord is present. It is called the sanctuary lamp. As Catholics, we come into the church and we're looking for that lamp because we know beside it is the Holy of Holies. Jesus and His real presence of the Eucharist is there. And that light tells us, genuflect that direction. Also, at Easter, we light an Easter candle. Large candle, which now we have in the back of the church next to the baptismal font. It is the symbol of Christ Himself. All those who are in attendance light small candles in anticipation. We are awaiting the coming of Jesus just like Simeon and Anna awaited His coming. We do something similar during Advent. Remember? Four increasing candles being lit as each week gets closer to the birth of our Lord. We long for this and we light candles so that we can see when He is here and that His light may dispel darkness around us and in us. There is also another feature about candles. That as a candle burns its wax, that it is in a sense being consumed, it is giving of itself. It's a symbol itself of sacrifice, of offering. This is what Jesus does. He gives of His very self so that we might see, that we might be set free, that we might be saved. He is the light to the nations. And so for you today, is there any area of darkness? Is there any area where you can't do it on your own? Jesus wants to come as light to you where the darkness cannot overcome it. He invites you to faith to let that light be radiant and burn within you. 
Lastly, let's close with a reflection on the Blessed Virgin Mary in the story. It always struck me when I was younger and I was learning the rosary, how we were praying the joyful mysteries, but it, this particular mystery kind of had a somewhat of a sorrowful little inclusion in it. And that is that Mary is told in the midst of this joyful event of going into the temple that her heart is going to be pierced. Now, this is to prophesy, remember Simeon, compelled by the Holy Spirit, knows these words are to be for Mary an encouragement in the midst of future suffering. They would foretell that while Jesus is the Messiah, that He would ultimately fulfill His mission of salvation by giving of His life. And that He will be a sign that is contradicted. Some will believe, but others will not believe. We use this image of the sword piercing the heart also in devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. You see here the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, a similar image, except her heart is surrounded not with a crown of thorns, but a crown of pure flowers, but then also pierced by that sword that is figurative and foreshadowing proclaimed here by Simeon in today's Gospel. It is for her an indication that she will share with Jesus in His offering. That she, as the sorrowful mother, will also bear forth a yes so that the world may be saved. And so Mary cooperates with the plan of salvation that Jesus executes in the giving of his life. What does this mean for you? We are called to also be accompanied by Mary, the first disciple. We recognize that as disciples, we are called to take up our cross and to follow after the Lord, not looking for suffering for its own sake, but it is suffering for the sake of illuminating our hearts with the love of Christ and bringing that light to others. Mary knew this was necessary. And she stands beside each of us through the trials of life, the sufferings of life, the experiences of loss, mourning, death, and sorrow, so that we might always remember the day of light the remembering that Jesus is the light of our hearts and the light of the world, and there is an eternal light in His plan to save us and to lead us. And so we tie our hearts to His. We say yes, proclaiming Jesus Christ. Now, you may let your servant go in peace. Your words have been fulfilled. For Jesus is a light to the nations. He is light to us and our hearts this day. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, 
to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig'em.